Hi, this is Shauna, the CEO and founder of Fuel Talent. One of the things I have loved most in my 25-year recruiting career has always been the stories that people tell. Stories of leadership, career choices, company ideas, and team building. My inspiration for starting the What Fuels You podcast came from being curious about people's lives and wanting to help share their stories. What path brought them to this place? What decisions did they make that led to failures and successes? Who influenced those decisions and what lessons were learned along the way? I hope you enjoy the What Fuels You podcast. Scott Swirland is here with me today on the What Fuels You podcast. At age 15, Scott incorporated his first business and has been an entrepreneur ever since. He is currently the founder and CEO of Seattle Suntan, chairman of the board at Urban Float, and he recently announced his latest venture, True Fusion, where he's partnering with Russell Wilson and Alex Rodriguez. He's an incredible father to four boys, and most importantly, he's my big brother. Welcome, Scott. Why, thank you, Shauna. <laughs> You're welcome. Are you ready to um, start with Rapid Fire? I'm totally ready to start okay. Rapid Fire. Um, okay, favorite movie? Untouchables. Oh, I thought you were going to say um, Ryan's song. <laughs> no, that <laughs> was... That, Remember that's that movie? Four, 40 years ago, Did they yeah. cry? Um, a person you wish you could have lunch with. I I should know this because I listen to all your podcasts because I'm so proud of you. Mm, thank but, you. But uh, I would say uh, Jeff Bezos. Oh, maybe you can make that happen. Maybe. Give him a call. Would you rather be a rock star or a movie star? Definitely a rock star. I knew it. I guessed that one. Um, trait you most admire in others? Um, passion. I love that. Well, you're passionate, so you surround yourself with a lot of passionate people, and you are, I think, really good at creating passion within your team. I think you've done a great job of instilling passion in them. Whenever I'm in Seattle Suntan or any of your companies, I'm surprised by the tenure. And you, I mean, those industries have a lot of turnover. <laughs> Yeah. And people stick with you. Yeah, you know, uh, business is very hard, and we try and make it fun, and we try and encourage a family-first uh, family environment. And I've been in business uh, 15 years this upcoming October, Yeah. and I believe that I've got employees 13 years, 10 years, a number of 10 years. It's all about building a family and building the culture. Culture is, is key yeah. in building anything. Well, I think the cool part is, from what I see with your employees, they all seem to feel connected to you and feel that they have access to you. Describe kind of who you were as uh, maybe a, I don't know, kindergartner. <laughs> kindergartner. Um, well, I recall being in trouble a lot with the school, uh, with my teachers. I guess nowadays you look back and you say, oh, well, clearly he was ADD, and clearly I was ADD, and... Uh, even in my older years, as I'm coming up on a big birthday in 18 months, I'm managing to deal with the ADD. It serves it, you It well fuels now. me. Yeah, it fuels you now. Yeah. But when you're little, I think that sometimes schools don't know how to, they take a classroom of 26 people, and it's like, hey, this kid's distracted or distracting. Yeah. I was uh, told many times that I would never succeed by mm -hmm. principals, by teachers, so I think that, that was a bit of a ch I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder wanting to prove myself. Mhm. Mm I I've, I've had a few conversations with leaders that talk about that like kind of what drives you and some are that they want to prove themselves right that they are successful and others are to prove other people wrong who doubted them. 
But I also think you had a lot of um, people who did believe in you. And so um, can you talk about that a little bit? Well, I think, you know, especially being a father of four and a um, um, an uncle to three, um, you know, having positive reinforcement. I, I remember mom and dad, you know, um, going to work with dad from the time I was, you know, five years old and being given tasks and being told, oh, you're doing a good job and uh, winning those in those moments where where you need to win when you're um, in those formidable ages. And and, you know, if I wasn't doing a good job, I was certainly told I wasn't doing a good job. And here's yeah. how you can do a better job. Well, I like the part that dad has said, because I think it's challenging um, to raise kids. And I think you've done a great job of teaching your kids the value of work and the value of um, finishing things and, and hard work. Dad was very into, um, look, if I'm going to pay $10 to the gardener to mow the lawn and he does a professional job, um, the job is yours so long as you do a professional job mm-hmm. and I'll pay you the same $10. And dad always jokes now that I mowed the lawn four times a day <laughs> to get $40, which was a joke. That's funny. Um, I never did that, dad. So <laughs> stop telling that story. That's funny. I can, I can see that. Um, and so... Did you have any um, influences along the way as far as teachers that did give you that kind of confidence to propel forward? Because you did well in school. You ended up going to USC. Well, I I did well when I got focused. I did extremely well in accounting and finance and business classes when I got to school. And uh, it wasn't until I think my junior year that I said, you know what, I really do want to go to school Mm -hmm. and I really want to make something of myself. And so then I got a four point or a three eight or whatever. And uh, was able to get into USC and and then focused on business, which is what I love, and uh, had a great time. Mm -hmm. And so what other kinds of things were you into or kind of passionate about when you were little, and how are those things changing over time? Well, I've always been passionate about cars. Yes. I mean, uh, cars, I love cars. Yes, I I used to have to play Matchbox cars. Yes. And... um, (laughs) And I'm passionate about kind of anything that's motorized. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I'm finding out now more about myself is that I am a, a, a adrenaline junkie. I just uh, got done doing my first uh, trip heli skiing. Yeah. And that was awesome. And, you know, your heart is racing and there's many avalanches and there's massive snow and you're skiing waist deep. And... I'm a total adrenaline junkie. Yeah. And uh, the older I get, I think the worse it's getting. Um, but um, I'm also slowing down in in many senses. Yeah. Most people who know you would describe being around you as feeling like they have a piece of that adrenaline because you bring a lot of energy and passion to everything that you do. And the people that um, are around you just know that you'll move mountains for your friends. Um, and to me... Uh, I'm not surprised that you said passion as far as an, an a value. What values do you look for in friendships? I really look at people that are sincere. That's really what it's all about for me. Mm-hmm. And are they passionate in their life? And do they give me the passion that I need? People <laughs> that, uh, you know, want to... Uh, give back through their experience or, or, you know, whatever it is. But as long as they're giving something, then 
then I'm attracted to those people. Mm-hmm. And what would you tell your younger self now? Well, I think, you know, one thing that's come through with my YPO experience is that I'm the glue mm-hmm. um, to to my, certainly my forum. Um, and then, you know, to a larger extent, um, very involved at the chapter level, which is, you know, 88 members. And I am the um, incoming chapter chair. And um, so that, that's been interesting. I, I've always thought of myself as um, getting involved. But when you have your very close friends, uh, men and women, say that, you know, that I'm part of the glue that makes it work for them, that's been kind of moving. Oh, I'm sure. And so as far as telling your younger self that, would that be kind of to become more of a leader for others younger? Did you have what it took back then? I think that, you know, with age comes wisdom. And it seems like um, the older I get, the easier it becomes. Um, I think that I've I've always been a leader. Um, I, I often tell people I'm a great employer. I'm not such a good employee because uh, I've, I've you know, been fired a few times. And, and luckily, I learned from those experiences um, what not to do and what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all pretty much anytime I was fired, I was favoring more for the people that were working for the company. And that was not in... In, in the interest of the in the leaders. interest of the of the owners of the company, so I learned that at a pretty young age, and I was always, you know, I would say that I uh, was maybe trying to hit triples when mm-hmm. I should just hit singles and keep hitting singles and keep hitting singles. So I think you I know, I don't know if that's in your DNA. I mean, you just. Well, we'll get into all the stuff that you've got going on because I know, okay, so after high school, you went to USC. And then after college, um, when you started Savvy Shopper, which a lot of Seattle people are probably familiar with, it was um, actually what was savvy, savvy. Savvy. Yeah, it was Savvy. And then we morphed that in the late 90s into SavvyShopper.com. Right. Uh, because no one was shopping at brick and mortar retail, if you recall. So we morphed that into an internet company. And um, was very successful at that until, um, you know, Maria Bartiroma and Ron Insana on CNBC said that the Internet was over. Uh, We were part of the dot-com bust. And uh, that was a big fail. And I was 30. And I thought, um, oh, this is terrible. I'm never going to be able to, you know, be my own boss again. And that lasted about 18 months. And then I was my own boss again. Yeah. Well, I remember that. It was the good old days because I was living in San Francisco, and um, you had incredible clothes, and I would come do my shopping, and then my friends would want clothes sent to them. And it's a tough, tough business, I think. But you've chosen kind of tough businesses, retail, um, which is what's the hardest thing about um, about Seattle Suntan, about being the CEO? And Seattle's, how many locations do you have? At SST Group, we have three brands. We have Seattle Suntan, Desert Sun, and Seattle Sun Light Spa. And we have 58 corporate locations and about 86 in the system. And I would say the toughest thing about leading uh, the SST group is the um, the staff. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of what I call reparenting America's youth force for today and beyond. And and that is, it's very hard when the kids today are so 
um, they're oblivious as to what it really takes to get ahead. And they want everything now. And it kind of starts with technology. You know, if, if I send you a, a snap and you don't reply, or I send you a text and you don't reply, then I'll send you a question mark. If you don't reply, I'll send you another question mark. And then I'll say, you know, everything okay, LOL. And if you don't reply, I think that you're angry with me. Oh, this and, is the employees. And, and this is how... Yeah, this is how the employees think. And this is how they operate. And this, quite frankly, is how we all operate. And so that's instant gratification. So when someone comes to me and this is their first job or their second job, and they want to be vice president of the company in 90 days. Has that happened? Absolutely. It happens. It wow. absolutely happens. And so I get out my scratch pad and I draw this graph of time and money and how, you know, if you work this long, then you're going to get some more money. If you work this long, you're going to get more money. And then over time, and that time pendulum might be 10 more years. Responsibility. More responsibility. It might be 10 years. And then if I ask them to draw their horizon, it's 90 days. And it you get to the same point in life. Vice president of everything in 90 days, where I'm trying to spread it out over 10 years. So that has been very challenging. Mm -hmm. So while we have great um, retention um, at, at Suntan or at SST Group, we also have 50% of our staff turns over twice a year. Yeah. Well, that's common also in that. Hourly wage. Hourly wage. Yeah. But I, I always hear compliments of your team and people's experience of going into the stores. And tell me about Urban Float. How did that come to be? And A couple of guys came into my office, and um, they were trying to raise money for this floating concept. And they had talked to a few people in town, and those few people said, if you want to raise money for this, you got to go talk to Scott. This is kind of what he could you know, maybe help you with. Mm -hmm. And they came into my office and I said, hey, don't go any further. I will help. And by the time this airs, you'll have been on Shark Tank, which is super cool. My kids are like counting down the minutes to see their uncle on Shark Tank. Um, where does that business fit right now? And what were you trying to do on Shark Tank? So, well, first of all, Shark Tank is like the Super Bowl of business. I mean, uh, you go on Shark Tank and you're trying to raise money and and Quite frankly, it doesn't matter if you get the money or you don't get the money. Um, being on Shark Tank, there's 9 to 11 million viewers. And really what our uh, push to get on Shark Tank was to share the positive benefits of floating with everyone around the world, or I should say the United States. So what was the application process like? Well, I actually got a call um, two years ago from um, Shark Tank. And the guy on the phone, he says, yeah, my name's Max. I'm from Shark Tank. And I thought someone was punking me yeah. because we love Shark Tank. And as a family, we watch Shark Tank every night that it's on. And we go through the whole process. I pause. I say, hey, who's in? Who's out? Why are we investing? And uh, that's what I do with our boys. And um, I thought I was being punked. And the guy's like, no, no, no. You can look me up. And so I looked him up and I'm like, Okay, why are you calling me? And he said, well, I saw you on uh, in Entrepreneur Magazine, and I, I would like you to consider uh, filling out the application. Now, mind you, there's 45,000 applications, and um, what I was told, they don't call very many people. Um, That's an honor. That's awesome. It was a total honor. So I started that process, and that was in 2017, and um I did not make it on the 2018 season, 
but they called me back up last year and said, hey, we really want you on the show. Would you consider uh, going through the process again? And we filmed last June, and I have had to uh, not say anything for the last seven months. Um, you know, you film, there's there's 45,000 applicants, and they film uh, about 124, and they air about 96. So you don't know if you air until two weeks prior. Mm-hmm. And I can I can tell you that I'm going to air. <laughs> I don't want to put you in a bad position. I won't ask any more questions. It'll be on, uh, and we'll get to all watch it, and it's really exciting. So what were you trying to do on Shark Tank? What we're trying to do is we're trying to drive franchise sales. So we have seven franchisees around the country, five of whom have opened stores um, from uh, Delaware to Columbus, Ohio, to Texas, to um, uh, Tacoma, to Vancouver, Washington. And we've got uh, a number of franchisees that are looking actively looking for more locations. So we've got uh, nine stores open. Our 10 store will be open next week. And um, we're actively selling franchises around the country. So you're busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's where you thrive. That's what fuels you, staying busy. I, we're both the same way. I don't know where we got this from. Um, and and you've also gotten involved with True Fusion, which I'm personally beyond excited about. We uh, bought the rights to Washington State, mm-hmm. um, and we put together an investor group um, uh, led by uh, Alex Rodriguez, and uh, his now uh, fiance, yeah, uh, Russell Wilson and Ciara, mm-hmm. and then we passed the hat in my YPO forum and a few other friends around town, and we are getting ready to open up the, uh, our first location at Lincoln Square South, and our second will be in um, Ballard. Our third will be in Totem Lake. Wow! And these are large format group fitness facilities. We have five, four or five group fitness gyms within our gym. And it's unlimited classes, up to 230 classes a week. We have I'm some really of the excited. some of the best and brightest um, instructors. And I got involved with this. I want to really change the way the instructor community is treated. If you are a yoga instructor and you go and teach yoga in a facility in Ballard, you're going to teach one hour. It's going to take you, you know, 45 minutes to get there. You got to set up, and it's going to take you 45 minutes to clean up and leave. So you're really working like, you know, almost three hours, and you're being paid for one hour's worth of time. There is no one in the industry that is paid benefits. So we are really trying to change the face of the instructor, where we're going to offer them 401ks and, and benefits. And again, this is really where we. Th- where I, I hope, having having uh, learned lessons, you know, through years prior of building a community and building a community of of the people that are involved with us, our instructors, our members, we call them True Tribe. Join the True Tribe. I'm a True Tribe member. Yes, you I'm, are. I'm excited. Um, and so how do you go about splitting your time? Do you compartmentalize it in your mind? I need help with that. I'm really good at going in and riling people up and and then leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, the people that I work really well with in my organization come to me with uh, stuff that I need to solve for. I'm very good at solving. 
Uh, come to me with issues. Let's solve for those issues and let's move on. I let people thrive in their environment. I am not a micromanager. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Monday morning quarterback. No question is a bad question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like people to kind of thrive in what it is that they are passionate about. Mm-hmm. And so if you're thinking about, okay, wake up, it's a Monday morning, I've got all these things to do, I've got all these companies, employees, kids, is there a system that you use or you're, that's what you need help with is finding process? I mean, my Monday morning consists of going to the office mm-hmm. and um, I have a, a, a great, I have a great executive team. I mean, I am one person. I... I know what I'm good at. I also know what I'm not good at. So I try and stay out of what I'm not good at. And I let my killer team that have been with me for a long time, I let them do what they're good at. Mm-hmm. And um, most of the time they they kind of use me as, a, um, as an advisor. Mm-hmm. So they'll say, hey, this is what I'm thinking on this. Or, you know, Jeff will say, hey, here's where we're at with the bank. You know, what do you want to do here? Or, you know... Gabe or Ashley or Greg or Cass or JT, you know, that's just on the SST side. Mm -hmm. They're the rock stars. Mm -hmm. I just get to support them in any way that they see fit. You know, the nice thing about that is, is that it enables me to to do things like I'm going to go home at, you know, 3.30 today and go watch my son play lacrosse. You know, if I was doing everything, or pretending to do everything, probably poorly, I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. That's one of the benefits of being an entrepreneur. It's awesome. And so um, I also know that you are always so, so generous, always the first to step up, and so generous, even for organizations that you're not involved in. Where does that come from, and what is that? what feeling do you, do you get from that? Well, I think it comes from as a as a kid, mom and dad were very involved with nonprofits that they believed in, and um, and I believe that you know we're we're very fortunate. Um, any of us that have jobs, any of us that have our health, we're very fortunate, and it's and it's uh, our job to give back to those less fortunate. And so, literally, uh, we will donate, um, typically services or goods to any auction that, that asks. Tell the listeners about the time that you took all the kids to the JT concert that we got to go to. Oh, yeah. that. So I, um, I've i been known to corner the sweet market um, in the key arena, which is now under construction, but uh, I used to buy a lot of the really cool sweets. So JT, Justin Timberlake, was coming to town, and I think I bought four or five sweets and it was right around the same time that um, Children's Hospital was doing a, uh, a phone-a-thon where they were raising money. It was with KISS. I think it was with KISS FM. And they asked me to come down and um, pep up the the people on the phone or the people on the radio. And I, spur of the moment, said, you know what? Um, anyone that donates $10,000, and I, and I led it with a $10,000 donation, or the company led it with a $10,000 donation, they um, would get to come to the JT concert in a, in a limo bus. Uh, we'd take everyone to dinner. We did it at, uh, I got Chef John Howie to uh, to take us all to dinner at, at the restaurant across the street there. And, and we took a dozen kids from Children's Hospital with the donors, 
and we went to the Justin Timberlake concert. And uh, I remember the look on those kids' faces that were all sick and with their loved yeah. ones, and it was like, it was incredible. We also took um, about a half a dozen of the of the nurses. We did a little a poll, and the kids got to vote on the best you know nurses, or the nurses that were giving so giving of their time, and that was we moved mountains. So that gives you a feeling of what? I always like to press the envelope, and I and I said I think we're going to raise fifty thousand dollars, and and uh, I remember the disc jockeys that were there. They were like, "Oh, Scott, this you know that's crazy," and I'm like, "Watch this," and um, I remember Lennox Scott, who is the CEO of uh, John L. Scott, was one of the volunteers, and he had a bunch of his staff members there, and he literally walked in as I was on the phone. Or on the radio, and I said, "Hey, Linux, I just gave ten thousand dollars, and I think you should too." And he said, "What? What? What? What's the cause?" And I said, "To Children's Hospital. You get to come to Justin Timberlake." He said, "What's the date?" And, and I told him the date, and he goes, "Well, we're out of town." And I said, "So what? Give ten thousand dollars." And he goes, "Okay." <laughs> and then um, we had people actually call in and give ten thousand dollars, and we amazing. raised sixty-seven something thousand dollars in it less than it was twenty-eight minutes that we were watching. Yeah. Well, I've also seen you at the at the ovarian cancer at the Rivkin auction, which is you like in your ultimate element. What <laughs> I mean, how much have you guys raised at the height? Last year was a, a big success. Last year we raised one point four eight seven million dollars. Yeah. In a four-hour time. Yeah, to watch your role in that organization has been remarkable because David and I have gone from the beginning and seen it, and it's grown. Yeah, so, yeah. So big and affecting so many women's lives. And I love the way that you put it. When a couple of people are like, why is this cause close to you? It's like, well, because I have a sister and a fiancé and a mother, and I have employees, and I care about women. Yeah, yeah. I tell people we have a 1,000 ovaries working for us. <laughs> yeah, so. there's, a, there's a lot of ovaries. Um, and so what are some of the other lessons? I know that the boys have been able to pick up on, you know, your philanthropic efforts and gotten to see you kind of speak to some of your business philosophies. But what are some that maybe you can share with some of our listeners for their own parenting? I know that I get some from you. Well, I think certainly with the kids, I always tell them not to try and control what they cannot control. And they can only control themselves, whether it's their behavior, whether it's their grades, whether it's their friends. They can control what they can control and don't try and control what you can't control. You end up wasting a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And uh, for business, I always look at, you know, learn from your strengths and then also learn from your weaknesses. And surround yourself, I believe, in surrounding yourself with people that are smarter than you. So I love, you know, being in a room where there's a bunch of people that are way smarter than I am. And that happens a lot because I'm just a, a guy with passion, right? One thing that I would say as I get older, patience. Um, and that's the hardest thing, I think, to teach to kids today because nothing around them teaches them patience. I mean, if our kids want to learn how to, uh, you know, cheat Minecraft, they simply go on YouTube and say, how do I cheat Minecraft? And there's a video on how to cheat Minecraft. Oh, that's or so sad. if you look at kind of the culture and the way the kids are being rewarded today, it's terrible. 
And I think that so teaching them teaching patience, them patience, and stick to it, and, and, and yeah, and hard work, and nothing just happens overnight. I think that kids today look at some of their role models, which are you know YouTube sensations, or you know there's 14 year old kids that have two million followers on YouTube or Instagram. In our world, when we grew up, we had you know there's there's a step to doing this, there's the next step and the next step, and I think teaching kids about time and 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 value of time and money and perseverance and patience and and passion all those things they're all those are all p's i'm not mm-hmm. sure why but and then with that comes power and you use that power in good ways not bad ways so that's really big for me as well um you know um there's a lot of people that become quote unquote powerful whether it's instagram followers or uh, YouTube followers or, you know, CEOs, and they use their power in really poor ways. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. I think you've done a great job with the boys. They're all remarkable, and it obviously takes a village, and Brooke's been amazing beyond. So in in 10 years' time, where do you see your life personally and professionally? Well, personally, I would like to say that I hope to be traveling more. And, you know, all the kids will be, in theory, out of college. Um, (laughs) God willing. God willing. You know, I mean, Luke and Vince and Max will just be getting out of college. Jacob will be 20, almost 28. Um, Maybe you'll work with one of them. Maybe work with one of them. Um, But I don't know that that ever works out really well. Um, At least, you know, most of the people that I know, um, they complain about their fathers and in turn, those fathers complained about their fathers. And, and um, same thing with mothers and daughters. It's hard, but that would be kind of cool. What um, kinds of things are you doing to give back in the schools? I know you've done some stuff with high schools. I guess people call me an entrepreneur. And I, I guess now I'm finally saying, okay, I guess I'm an entrepreneur. Well, yeah, you've had like eight, ten companies. You've had a lot of companies. Yeah, I like, I like, it's Almost fun for me. Almost as many cars. No, way more cars. <laughs> um, I've been uh I've, I've gone a few times to the high school Mercer Island high school and and i've done uh, international uh business kind of discussion um and then i've done a couple of entrepreneur discussions where kids can come in and ask me you know what it's like to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. what and do you a- like teaching i think so i can tell you that the feedback from the kids is has been great you know they're mm-hmm. and uh but the kids you know they they seem to like it and i and i filled a couple of rooms so that actually was was pretty fun yeah it's fun when you realize that what you think is maybe not that interesting to them is like incredibly interesting because you've been doing it for so long that it's just innate yeah and you know how to build businesses it, this was last week my last time at the high school and i shared with them that i was going to be on shark tank and they all freaked out so uh, well yeah i saw I, the facebook post you're going to have a lot of viewers. I got a text from people from the East Coast that are like, I can't wait. Yeah. It's, it's a big deal. It was the coolest uh, business experience I've ever had in my life. Um, I was up in front of the Sharks for uh, about an hour. Um, and they did were... You, did you get tripped up at all? I didn't get tripped up. I was having a lot of uh, out-of-body experience. Like watching, I was up in the rafters looking down on myself. Yeah going at it with like Mark Cuban. If they aired everything uh, in a positive light, it'll be very positive. 
Um, I don't think that I, uh, you know, did any of my weird twitching. I don't think that I did anything, you know, where I get nervous and, and look like a deer in headlights. I think my business partner uh, had a few deer in headlights looks because he told me, of course, I didn't see them, but he he said he felt like he got stunned a few times. Mm-hmm. Was Mr. And Mr. Wonderful was nice? Kevin was, um, I will tell you, when I walked down the hallway um, and we gave our pitch, and then um, he asked a little bit about my background, he said, wow, you're the real deal. This is unbelievable. And then the producers kind of stopped and said, did, did, did O'Leary just say that? And this was, as I'm like great watching beginning. down on myself, this was like in the first three minutes. And so I said to Kevin, I said, you know, coming from you, that means a lot. I appreciate it. You and know, then did you start talking about wine? No. <laughs> Just kidding. And I said, yeah, at, at Urban Float, we can sell you wine. And, and he, you, know, you know my relationship with Costco, of course, yeah. You'll see in the show that he, he and I went back and forth and uh they were all very positive. Uh, Lori uh, Grenier was just to my right, and she is so full of life. You can almost feel her energy and her calmness at the same time coming out. You know, I felt like she was holding me, and she obviously she wasn't, but um, it was having her up there that made me calm down because the other guys were very uh, just like me. They're very all over the board. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason to anything. They're on their phones. They're yelling. They're trying to throw you off your game. And Lori was just sitting there calmly breathing. Was Barbara there? Barbara was not there. But the other guy was there. The um... So on my left was Mark and then Damon. Yeah. And then Kevin. And then Lori, and then a guy named Matt Higgins. It's Matt Higgins that I saw because they just showed the preview and they show Matt Higgins. Yeah. Yeah. What a cool! Ex- I cannot wait. Yeah, yeah, I hope everyone was happy yeah. with the, you know, with. Well, they'll be entertained for sure. You're, ener- I hope you're so. you've got a lot of energy. <laughs> the final question I have that I ask all of our guests is, what fuels you? I think you know what fuels me um, now is just life. I mean, there's so many. Uh, positive things that that I get to be a part of, and you know, from kids to family to uh, YPO has been very important to me. Um, and then um, you know, being just being a a positive, trying to be a positive leader in today's kind of interesting society. That that's what it's all about for me. Yeah, well, I think you're doing a good job at that. I tell you directly, but I also hear it behind your back, all the nice things that you do for people. And it is really the little things. It's not the big things. The Shark Tank is huge, but it's all the little stories of the time that you helped this person or the time you connected this person or the time you stepped up for that friend. That's the part of you that I think fuels me. Well, thank you. I think that, you know, both of us are connectors, which is wild, uh, beyond connectors. I mean, yes. I get I get a <laughs> probably a text every other day. Yeah, it's fun. Hey, do you have this person's contact info? Hey, can you make this intro? And Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, you get a little jolt of energy from it, which not everybody does. Most people don't like to do that. But for us, for whatever reason, I think that's mom. We got that from mom, I think. Yeah, it's weird. Like eating french fries off other people's plates. 
Well, I wouldn't do that. But mom does. <laughs> oh, those look good. Those look good. You guys going to eat those? Are you going to eat all those? <laughs> Thank you for listening to the What Fuels You podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And follow us on social media to keep up with the latest news and episodes. You can also contact us at podcast at fueltalent.com. To provide feedback, ask questions, and share topics or guests you would like us to cover in the future. We hope you feel inspired by our guests and that we have helped fuel your day. Join us next time for another episode of What Fuels You.